Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin with our wonderful interview that we have for today in our Calm Down, Come Alive series, let's take our golden pause. So if you're able to sit down comfortably, please do so. If you're not, and just use this as a deep breathing exercise to get really present in your body and just present in your breath. So let's begin. If you can, sit on a chair and uncross your legs and place your hands, your palms open on your lap. And if you're seated Indian style, just sit upright and lean back against something. And whatever you do, just be comfortable. So let's begin to breathe together. Breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. On the exhale, just release and let go of any tension you feel. And breathing in again, pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, go ahead and release and let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. Place your hand on your heart, opening your heart, activating your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you breathe in that golden gratitude to every cell of your being, exhale, relax, and let go. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Exhale, release any fear you feel. And breathing in again, pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. Breathing in that golden gratitude one last time. On the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. Well, thank you so much for taking that golden pause today. I know those golden pauses just really help so much the more you practice them. The more you're able to access your heart, the more you're able to access your joy. And there's always something, one small thing we can feel grateful for, even if it's just your breath or this moment that you have right here, right now. So today I'm so excited because I have a very special friend and colleague and just a mentor in so many ways and just a wonderful teacher Um, coming on to the podcast today. And I know you all know her because we've been friends for many, many years and been back and forth with each other many, many times. Her name is Christina Rilo. She is a transformational teacher, a women's leadership advisor and mentor, and an internationally recognized speaker and three times bestselling author. Can't believe we've been three through three books already. (laughs) We've been together for a while now. Every book is like a birth, we've decided for sure. 
After earning her MBA and climbing the corporate ladder for a decade, she chose to devote her life to helping people transform and architect lives that were both successful and sustainable, in which their hearts and souls could thrive. Known as the Modern Day Mystic, her transformational programs, workshops, retreats, and talks based on the feminine power and leadership, yogic and earth-based wisdom, have transformed the lives of over 35,000 women on six continents. Tune in to her thought-provoking insights on her weekly podcast, Feminine Power Time, at www.feminepowertime.com. She loves speaking in person and virtually with people and has been a featured speaker at TEDx, Emerging Women, Kohler, Gap, Wharton, and many other women's conferences, retreat centers, and organizations and companies worldwide. Connect with her at christinarilo.com or through her new book, Overwhelmed and Over It. Well, Christine, it's so apropos that we're having you on today as part of the Calm Down, Come Alive series, because you are one of the most alive people I've ever met. So thank you for being here. (laughs) Absolutely. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be here. Yeah. So I thought it would be just so wonderful to have you on as a guest speaker to talk about... um, how you calm down in your life. And you're such a creative um, person. You're always creating something ever since I've known you, whether you're sitting on the couch watching a movie or (laughs) you're you're doing anything, you're always creating something. And I want to talk about how calming down increases our creativity and even increases our ability to work productively Mm -hmm. from home as we most of us are doing right now or in the office as we return to the office. So let's go ahead and start there. And I'd love for you to share like how you got into the Kundalini Kundalini yoga practice. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Well, it's interesting. I was going to start with a little yogic wisdom to get, to get us started. Um, and I'll just, you know, say to everyone, I grew up in the middle of Chicago, so I did not grow up in, um, you know, any, knowing anything about yoga, knowing anything about energy, knowing anything about really anything <laughs> um, until about the age of 30 after being educated in all the traditional ways and really realizing that what I had learned had not really prepared me to to thrive. I mean, we hear that all the time, thrive, 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 thrive. But I was mostly either striving um, to succeed or I was surviving to keep my head above the water. And that kind of sent me on my spiritual path. So I I learned lots of spiritual tools and lots of emotional tools and my toolbox, super amazing. And I remember, um, I think it was when my second book came out, Madly in Love with Me. And so I had one book under my, my belt and I realized that if I didn't if I didn't find a physical practice that could also support me emotionally and spiritually, there was no way I was going to be able um, to make it. I had had far too many, what I call superwoman sobs um, throughout the first book process of just, you know, those moments when you're like, Oh, the pressure is um, too much. And, And what I didn't know at the time was that my nervous system wasn't strong enough to really handle the amount of pressure that I was experiencing and also just the amount of information that was coming. This was like the early to this like 2010. So there like uh, summits weren't even a really a thing. Like, like all the stuff that we're like used to right now wasn't as crazy. And one of the things um, I had practiced yoga for probably 10 years at that point. And one of the things that led me to Kundalini yoga was is really about how to strengthen your nervous system to be able to meet the stressors of 
the world that we live in. It was created, it was brought to the West specifically for this. It's not so much about being bendy. Bendy is good. Um, but it really is about how can you, how can we meet the intensity, meet the stress, not hold on to it, but release it. Um, and in Kundalini Yoga, we talk a lot about um, clearing out our magnetic field so that we don't have a bunch of other people's stuff in there. We talk a lot about clearing out and releasing our stress versus managing our stress. And um, it, um, it really, I think since 2010, when I started, I haven't really stopped. So I don't, you know, I don't do an hour practice every day, but I have some very small practices that maybe like can take five minutes that I know can clear out my system and help me do what the yogis say is um, access my neutral mind. And the, the yogis say, if you can access your neutral mind, you will know your truth in nine seconds. So that's how it's tied to creativity so that you don't, you can create lots of stuff. Oh, all kinds of stuff. And then you have all kinds of stuff you got to take care of. But when you're really tuned in and you're clear, you know what to do on what day, what to let go, what to reflow and what to be like, you know what? That's just not, that's just not mine to do. Wow, I love that. So I hope you all heard that she's talking about getting past survival and getting to thrive. And I love that, that you get to the neutral mind. And that makes so much sense as far as what we're talking about in the Calm Down, Come Alive series is, because it is, it's a, it's a mindset, isn't it? It's about managing our mind because everything follows that it's our whole energy system will follow where our mind is taking us and that's beautiful and and so you're saying that your kundalini practice does that. I've, I've noticed that with tm as well like um it's not as physical though so i love the kundalini idea because it's all and you know it's it's the meditation piece the breathing piece and it's also very physical I've had very little experience except that I've done that one that one thing where you have to do the sit up thing and I remember thinking wow <laughs> <laughs> it could have been sitting it was like a lot of like lifting your legs up and oh cool. yeah that's you went right to the hard stuff I don't even do that I see when that one's like on the docket I'm like yeah no thanks um <laughs> I know it was super hard and, and they and you have to do it really hard for like 15 minutes. I mean, it's really great tummy workout too. So <laughs> I did. Well, I think that's the thing you just want to say for everyone, a normalified Kundalini yoga can be super intense and there has, it, it has its own, you know, just like the, the yoga community has, it's like, I'm super yogini lady doing headstands all over the world. Kundalini yoga has its own thing like that. And so it can feel intimidating. And I think I just want to normalify for everybody what, what Chris just said is that it's whether you're doing when there's Kundalini yoga or it's Qigong or it's Tai Chi or it's TM. What I believe is true is that we have to work on all four levels, body, mind, spirit, and heart. That's the one that gets left out all the time is the heart piece. And you can do all the mindfulness practices you want, but if you don't know your heart, and how your heart works and what triggers your heart, which actually comes before the mind. So you have an emotion, you have a trigger in your heart, or you have a cellular imprint in your body that is unconscious. That's what triggers the mind to then go into non-neutral mind, you know, to the positive mind, the negative mind, the ping pong mind. And so I think it's important that everyone, we really understand that. Like even in, even in spiritual circles, you hear body, mind, spirit. And I always, Chris and everyone, I just want to stand up and be like, 
where's the heart? <laughs> like that, that part. And it, I don't, I, what I teach often is like, know your mind, know your heart, know your body and know your soul. And if you know those four things, you're going to be able to be calm and find calm when you're, when you're not, you know, it's not like we're all walking around. It's ridiculous thing. I'm going to walk around and be calm all the time. Like no one's, that's not the, that's not the reality. But if you can know those four things, you're less, you're more likely to be able to find that center and from that place respond in a way that's in alignment for your creativity and your life force. And I love that you talk so much about sustainability because, you know, so many times, um, when we are working hard or we're in a really high creative process or creative time in our lives, we, we lose sight of what is actually sustainable. And, and one of the things that I've noticed in my own world is that when any one of those four things are off alignment or they're wounded from overstress or they're wounded, my heart is wounded from, from loss of love or, your, my body's off whack because I haven't been taking care of it properly. And when those aren't in alignment, it's, it's very difficult to feel calm and it's very difficult to create a life that is sustainable, but that gives you a really good track to ask yourself, you know, in, in what ways are you caring for your heart? In what ways are you caring for your mind and your body, your soul, your spirit, all of those aspects of your being, and knowing that if you're feeling off kilter for whatever reason, it could be like with this whole COVID coaster we're on that change has brought you off kilter and you're, you know, maybe feeling the pain of isolation or you're feeling the pain of being, you know, always with your partner and family or <laughs> <laughs> there's many aspects of the COVID thing while you could, that could be completely overwhelming you and completely knocking you off your center. So, so tell us about the system that you have that you're presenting in your latest book, which is absolutely beautiful. Can you just hold it up? I mean, this isn't a video podcast, actually. I forgot about that, but I'm looking at Christine right now. Yes. It's really beautiful. We will put the link into the notes so that you have it. Overwhelmed and over it. Embrace your power to stay centered and sustained in a chaotic world. Wow. I mean, aren't we just living in the most chaotic time? Can you believe this goddess wrote this book right now? I think it is just amazing. You know, let me tell you, she follows her heart and mm. she follows her wisdom. And she really lives this way. And I love that so much about her. She teaches me all the time about how to um, follow, you know, and, and, reminds me all the time that everything is in perfect divine timing and order. Although it's way too slow for me and Christine most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. One of my key lessons in this lifetime is patience. That is that is for sure. Which is, you know, they always say, you know, you live what you teach. And um, I'm looking at the cover here. Chris, you know, you're on the cover. This is what Chris says. She says, a powerful and transformational blueprint for change. Christine Carlson, New York Times bestselling author of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women. And I, I love that you got to be on the cover because um, 
you were a catalyst for this book um, coming into form. It was 10 years ago that we did our first 40-day practice together. It was a receiving practice, and it was all about overwhelm and over it. And I, I remember sitting, I think I was in your living room, or you had just given me a copy of Jones with the Small Stuff for Women, and I opened up the book, and while I am like, I'm like a lifelong achiever. I love achieving. Like I've always loved achieving since I was a little person, you know, first grade, I wanted to read the most books, you know, like I'm a, I'm bred to be an achiever, but I had never learned about receiving until I met Chris. And I was like, she just doesn't, how does she do that? Like, like, you know, it's like you, it was just like you, you had an ease and you had a grace about you. Um, I'm like, I want some of that. And at the time I had just, (laughs) I was, I had found the feminine, which I had no training on at all. Um, before, before around 2007, I didn't even know there was a different way. And I remember Chris, I opened up the first um, chapter of your book and it said something like I was driving the other day and I saw a bumper sticker, right. And the bumper sticker said, I am invincible. I am woman. <laughs> and we both said, and I am over it. <laughs> yes. That's what she said in her book. Like, I am over it and I am tired. And I was like, wait, wait a second. This is crazy. Like this, like we've been trying to solve this inability to find balance, this overwhelm, this burnout, this overstretch, trying to take more on, do it all. Now for over 50, 60 years, depending on when you start um, counting since women really fully um, entered the workforce and the dynamics of family systems changed. And as smart as we are, we haven't been able to figure it out yet. Something must be wrong. And that sent me your, your, your reading that in your book, um, was the sign to me, like something's not right. And it doesn't, we can talk about self-care all we want. We can talk about stress management, but there's something deeper. And so that sent me on this journey for a decade. That's now the, you know, the, the, the book is, um, the output and I've been writing it for three years. So it was interesting finishing the edits while the COVID hit. I'm like, Oh my God, people might actually believe we can do things differently because we've been so trapped in this way of working and living, assimilating into systems that never had our best interest at heart. They weren't created by women for sure, but they weren't created by conscious beings who's like, let's create a society based on wellness and wholeness and interconnectedness and sustainability. It was a society that was based on consumption and accumulation and grow faster. And, you know, I don't know if it could, we could have gotten to where we are today differently, but what I do know is the way that we were working and the way we have been under so much pressure isn't working. Um, and so that's kind of the, that's the bait, that's the foundation. There's nothing like um, an invisible virus to stop everybody dead in their tracks. <laughs> like <laughs> literally stop everything across the globe, you know, like just stop. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it's like a divine wake up call. It's like, I, I couldn't, like, I'm literally finishing the edits and I'm like, this is shaking people's idea of what has to be up. We made, this is the great thing. Humans made every system that's non-natural on the planet. Education, government, healthcare, hours that we work, the 40-hour work week, completely made up. And who works 40 hours anyway? The whole thing is made up, even the market system, made up by humans, which means we can change the systems that actually define what we value. And now that can be a little overwhelming, right? Like, oh my God, like how am we going to do that? And so that's where I, I think it's really important for each of us to, to really to embrace our power. To just like, you know, I think it's Gandhi, right, Chris? Be the change you wish to see yeah. in the world that's become like a little, it's become like a refrigerator magnet. 
but really it's, it's the, um, it's, it's like straight up divine wisdom for how to live your life. And I really believe that all systemic and social transformation has to be rooted in personal transformation for it to actually last. And so if we look around at our lives, one of the things I've had to do is like, how am I not creating sustainability? How am I buying into the system of go, 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 grow, 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 more, 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 do, do, do. Um, and, and that's not easy to look at those ways that we've, we've, we've attached our security and our sense of being and belonging to outside things. And we'd rather just not have to look over there because if you got to look over there, you actually have to go be real with yourself. But that's the portal to freedom is self-awareness. Yeah. And change. I mean, you know, we're all terrified of change, but actually, you know, when things do change, oftentimes it does force us to reevaluate. And, and then at the end of when we're, you know, in the, in, at the end of the transformation process, we see how that change actually was for our better good. And it made us better. And I think we all have situations in our lives where we can say that was true, you know, that we're better because life changed. And yet when you're in it, it doesn't feel very good. It feels very, it feels just sort of like, like a roller coaster that's just jerking you around all over the place. And, or you could be in a washing machine. It feels really messy. Um, but then you come out of that and, and you, you, you kind of, you feel like you're gliding for a while and it it feels Mm -hmm. really, really good. And I'm, I'm hoping like that everyone is starting to make their adjustments through this COVID time and this pandemic time. And, and also that we look at how it's forced us to slow down and it's forced us to find ways to calm our nervous system. And, and there's a lot of people experiencing a lot of anxiety right now um, that just haven't really had to deal with change in that way, you know, and let's face it, we did have the rug as a collective pulled out from underneath our feet. I mean, you know, you live on an island. You're really fortunate in that, in that way. Life probably hasn't changed for you that much. <laughs> but for the rest of us, it's changed a lot. <laughs> well, I just moved here a couple of years ago after the fires in 2017. So I would say that I've had my fair share of um, change. And when I knew I was going to write this book and I was going to write two more, I basically said to the universe, going back to creativity, then you need to put me in a place where I can actually write. And I have the space to do that. I've written um, two of my last books, much of it at Sea Ranch with Chris's. And I'm like, I need a space to write where I can actually pull in this wisdom for people. And um, I've had my, I mean, I've had a long runway um, of, you know, my partner had a stroke at 42 while I was a nomad and I had no home and I had no car and I had to figure out how to keep us going while he was in recovery. I have woken up in the middle of the morning at five o'clock in the morning when the sky was orange and had to evacuate my house in 15 minutes. Um, And I will tell you that all my practices, I remember having to leave my house. I remember waking up at five in the morning smelling smoke, not knowing what was going to happen. And I, and all I heard was the voice that said, walk into every room, take a breath and ask, what do I need to take with me? Mm. And I did that room by room. And if I'm able to keep calm in the middle of literally like, this is primal fear that's getting activated in all of us. While this is what's happening. I mean, the COVID is like, oh my, it's activating people's primal fear of dying. 
right? The fires activating people's you know, primal fear of the hurricanes, like our primal fear of survival to help us actually move the sphere out and through our bodies. And if you haven't had a long runway, I've had 20 years of yoga and 20 years of a spiritual path and some pretty, you know, not, you know, Chris and Chris both and I have both had really significant initiations <laughs> that kicked our butt. And I'm sure many of you listening have too, but if you can look at what's happening not as something that's happening to you, but something that's happening through you. And it's causing you to have to show up and really look at where that those fear imprints are still in you. And then through this process and all the practices that Chris offers in with all of you, it's like whatever that is, that's how we move this out of our system. And we can expect that we're gonna go through this. This is not a sprint. This is not even a marathon. I like to say it's like Bilbo's grand adventure, like going off the Hobbit. You know, it's like, okay, we have no idea what's going to, what's going to, what's going to show up. But one tool that I use, I'll share two of my, I have, I have two tools I can share that are, you know, kind of simple and a little simple. One is that in times of uncertainty, you need to have segments of time where you can stop and say, okay, what's for now? What's for now? What's for now? Because otherwise you're like, it's like the great vast unknown void and you just can't deal with it. So I, um, it's one of the ways that I, I, um, I pause, I take a power pause every quarter, just at the equinoxes and the solstices. I do this every, every moon cycle. What is for just this month? What is for this next quarter? And what do I know? And then what's still in the mystery? And I think being able to ask yourself that question, even when you're having like a freak out or you don't know what's going to happen, it's a way that we can tap into our deeper wisdom to just ask, what do I know? What do I know? And what's still in the mystery? And that can help just calm your nervous system down. And I like to do that. I do that a lot in my women's groups. Like we actually share and have women speak out to each other. You can do it with your partners. You could do it with a friend and, and, and then like actually working with the natural cycles, working with the moon cycles and working with the quarter cycles of how the, the earth naturally ebbs and flows, it calms our nervous system down because we can trust it. Like I'm looking out at the Puget Sound right now, just off the coast of Seattle, every day, twice a day, the tide goes out and the tide comes back. So I can trust that. And we all, we can trust that the tide is, there's chaos and there always after a storm, there's a calm. How long the chaos goes on to be determined. So our job is to be, how do we stay balanced emotionally, heart, mind, mentally, physically, and at a soul level as we walk through this? And then what are your tools to make sure that when you get imbalanced, because you will, when you get fall off your surfboard, as I like to say, when you get twizzlered out, um, how do you get back on? And then lastly, be really aware of what drains you and what sustains you and stop the draining behavior, especially in the first hour of your day and the last hour of your day. Chris likes to say how you start your day is how you live your day. I agree with her. That's like, what do you do in that first hour? And then I add on how you end your day is how you will begin your next day. So the first hour of your day and the last hour of your day are the most important. And I always say only ingest things that create harmony and balance and calm. And if they don't, they have to go out <laughs> and you have more control over it um, than you think.
Wow, that's so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my gosh. You can tell, like, Christine Rilo is a wealth of wisdom. Seriously, <laughs> this is only the tip, 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 tip of the iceberg. So please go to the show notes, pick up her latest book. You're going to love it. I love this woman so much. She's such a dear. Her heart is so pure as gold. And she is a soul sister. And I know you're going to love her book, Overwhelmed and Over It. I know I've been so happy during this um, COVID roller coaster 19 thing because it's allowed me to completely reset. And what I'm not, of course, happy that we've got COVID, but I'm happy that I've had this opportunity to look at this as a reset time. And really, I've been resting more. And I hope you all have found this helpful in your quest to calm down. And you can see that when you do calm down, you are able to access that neutral mind. You are able to be more creative. And that's how you do the four-hour work week. You know, that's how you do that. <laughs> that's how you do that for your work week, you know, because you're more productive in a shorter amount of time. And there's a lot to that. So please uh, remember Christine's new book, Overwhelmed and Over It. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Christine, do you have one last word of wisdom that you'd like to leave everyone with? Mm, I just ask everyone to take a moment and put your hand on your heart and to just to take a breath and just ask yourself, what is it that I need to receive today? What is something that you would love to receive today that would just replenish you and nourish you and, and fill you up? It doesn't have to be productive, but it's just something that you would love to receive. <sighs> what did you get, Chris? I just received in that moment. Just <laughs> good. You're, <laughs> so, you're such a present moment girl. <laughs> I, I thought received. I was like, oh, I love this. I love touching yeah. my heart. And I know. It, you know. <laughs> I know. I used to feel so weirded out by it. And then I'm like, that says something that we're so weirded out by touching our hearts. Like this is our heart. And if we're not connected to it, how do we ever expect to get what we need to receive? I got toes in the grass. I'm obsessed right now with earthing. Um, and so I just spend as much time with my naked body, not like completely naked, but like my, you know, my feet or my back or whatever on the ground. And it's so interesting if, if I'm tweaked out within 10 minutes of having my physical skin on the ground, I'm completely calm. It's yeah. magic pants. It's magic. It's magic. Like there's a, there's that whole it's the energy just goes right into the earth. Mother mm -hmm. earth takes that excess energy from you. She does. It's in it's, it's free. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Come back again. Don't sweat the small stuff. Live the big stuff. Are you feeling anxious and overwhelmed by recent global events? This is the perfect time to learn how to access your mental health and well-being. And the good news is you can rewire your brain to feel calmer during this unsettling time. With Christine's new Don't Sweat the Small Stuff Happiness Training Course, you can be mindful practicing mindfulness for clarity and calm, you'll learn how to develop your mindfulness practice from the comfort of your own living room with mindfulness teacher, Dr. Shauna Shapiro. Now you can enjoy two happiness training courses for only $29.99 at don'tsweat.com.